and welcome back to another episode of the Geek Whispers. I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matthew Brobert. And I'm John Mark Troyer. And we are here today with a very special guest to talk about Moonlighting, not the television show. Oh, Amy, so Mike Amy you're, you're dating yeah. yourself. Oh. I have no idea what that is, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just cut that whole thing? Just keep going. <laughs> no, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, that was Bruce Mike... Willis' start. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you. And this is why we invite guests to get my references. So Mike Colson, <laughs> could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Mike Colson. I am a solutions architect at AWS. Do you so, want me to go into like everything or just that? That's good. <laughs> all the things. Well, all no, I want to jump right in and, and okay. talk about how you landed here. So we always try to, to warn the unfortunate souls. But um, so Lauren Malhoit, friend of the podcast, had asked a question based on our episode with Eddie Saipat. She was asking how many people how many jobs people had had, just sort of on average. And there were really interesting numbers. I think we're in an industry where people change a lot. And Mike, you jumped in and talked about, do you mean uh, your day job or your second job? So we're here to talk about, you know, what's going on in an industry that in some ways we think of as being so well-paying. Why do so many people have other stuff that they work on? So shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's it's a good conversation to have. I think a lot of folks get into IT for the passion, uh, some for the money, um, right? That it's it's a pretty good paying gig for folks Everything who are, are good at it, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and for me, it was one of those things where I've had 14 jobs quote unquote, uh, within the industry, but those are, you know, the things that you put on your resume and you, you, you talk about in the interview. I've, I've had a bunch of jobs that have been outside of that where, you know, whether it was, um, doing little things, web design or, or a little bit of help desk for, for small companies or, or even the fact that I worked at Seven Eleven for a little while, just cause I, I needed some money. I mean, so, and that was my question. You. Do you, do you, was it experience? Was it money? Was it altruism because a, a buddy needed help on a website? What were some of the things that led you to other, other jobs on top of jobs? And I'm yeah, kind of curious, uh, you know, maybe we can take a step back and think back, Mike, to what was the first time that you picked mm-hmm. up a second job while you were already in the tech industry? So give us something to anchor us there. Okay. So I actually, uh, my first, I'll, I'll call it real IT job um, was, I, I was a support guy at WVU. Uh, I was working West Virginia university's, um, help desk while I was going to school and I was barely making ends meet. I mean, it was like a, you know, work, work for scholarship or work loan type, uh, situation. And, uh, it, it was, it wasn't anywhere near what I needed to make to make ends meet, to go to the bar. So I, uh, picked, Picked up a, a gig at, at the Taco Bell and the bowling alley in the in the student union. <laughs> this is amazing. So and I was like, is, here. yeah, was, and I was like, man, this is uh, these jobs suck. Um, so <laughs> so I was like, this isn't really what I wanted to do. Uh, let me let me find something else. So while while still working um, all three of those jobs, uh, I I posted out on on the the uh, student board for for the IT group 
that was out there. It was an IRC channel, uh, and I was like, "Hey, anyone need some somebody to do some uh, some web development or, or coding?" And actually, I got a couple couple responses. So I started at night, you know, when I wasn't sleeping and uh, <laughs> had a had a solid buzz going. I would go ahead and sit down and and crack out some some sites for some people. And uh, I mean, again, just a little bit of a beer money here and there. Um, but I was going to say, how do you even plasma? You know that kind of stuff. How do you even have time to uh, to drink the beer at that point? Because you've got like eight jobs. Oh, well, I should. So I, I I guess I should finish that story. So I didn't end up graduating from West Virginia because I drank my way out of it. <laughs> so uh, I was going to uh, ask cautionary how old you tale are. in here. Yeah, cautionary tale. Oh, and I was going to ask how old you. I, I was going to ask how old you were because there's an energy level question. Help us all level set. <laughs> yeah. No, that was uh, so that was eighteen. I mean, that was eighteen, nineteen. Um, and and what I ended up doing was I realized uh, I I picked up some of that that work right the the web design um, and I was able to freelance that out a little bit more um, and I started doing it even more than part part time I was probably working about twenty hours a week and that sort of showed me hey there's there's actually a market for this um, and was smart or stupid I don't know looking back I, I probably did okay. Uh, I left school mostly because of the drinking and uh, <laughs> the grades, but also just because it. I I was like, well, I'm paying so much for this. I was paying for school myself, uh, and it was it was just too expensive. Um, it was interfering with your multiple job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, what I what I love about that, Mike, is that you are absolutely not alone and just not going through with college, like, and being a, a tech person. Like I know so many people that either didn't go initially or failed out or stopped going for whatever reason. And they're some of the most talented technical people I've ever worked with. Um, so what, what I love about that is that, you know, you, you just wanted to get shit done to, to put it simply. So you just started doing it. Um, I think a lot of people can connect to that. Yeah, I mean that's very nice of you to say that you you put me in at least part of the same bucket as talented people because that's that's sweet. Um, right. No, I you know I uh, I I just found that it was one of those things where um, and and it's funny I guess uh, I, I was definitely financially motivated at the time, um, and and it was because you know upbringing poor family so I, I didn't want to be in that situation where I ended up. Uh, living paycheck to paycheck. So I needed to find a way to, to break that mold. And this was the way out. Um, I, I mean, I started school to, to become, uh, an economist. Uh, that's actually, it was economics major. And I was like, this is awful. I suck at math. And, uh, <laughs> these classes are really boring. So no, the IT thing was, a uh, was a, a, a fortunate venture, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting as we've talked to people about their early jobs, you know, so many computer people have picked up computer odd jobs early in their career. And sometimes that's just like putting together computers for a computer store or, you know, doing repair or doing a little bit of IT for like, uh, you know, their dad's friends, uh, you know, business or in the early days, you know, uh, you were the only person that knew how to swap out the floppies and, and you know, make the spreadsheet <laughs> or whatever. I did some yeah. of that. Um, but um, so, I mean, I think computer folks tend to be uh, useful, have been useful over the past few decades and so have been grabbed for, for these odd jobs. And I think it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be lost that 
you know, you do these things for money, right? And that's something we'll probably talk about a couple times here. But you know, these are these are all side gigs you do for a lot of reasons. But um, you know, <laughs> you want to miss for a little extra scratch. We have a, a friend of the podcast, and he's working on a, a book, I believe. And his wife calls the book uh, "The New Kitchen Floor." So you know, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I no, I, that's that's where 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 I ended up next was it was. I, I I left school. Um, I was doing these these side gigs, and uh, and I decided, you know, I, I can do this. And I had a couple of friends who were already um, working in the industry locally. Um, I, I live in a I live near a navy base, and so there's a lot of government contractors um, and a lot of small businesses that crop up within those types of communities that uh, either support the the folks that live in the area or or um, our subcontractors to these larger contractors. And I came home to, to the area and was like, you know, um, I, I don't really see the, the IT community here being, being very vast or supporting all of these small companies. So I actually filed and created a, a company. That was my, my, my very next real time job was, uh, I created a, a company with two of my friends and we started doing small business support. Oh my goodness! So you so, your your life lesson in some ways from Taco Bell is that is really not sustainable. So it's better to go start your own business and work eight jobs, right? And yeah, smell no, like a taco. It, it was uh, it was both really smart and really dumb um, because uh, you know you don't know anything about running a business at at nineteen. Um, no. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine, right? Uh, going into a lawyer's office and filing for a federal tax ID and having your, your company name checked and stuff. I mean, kids today, I guess in the, in the Valley are doing that with startups, but that wasn't something that was being done. Um, we, we only regret there wasn't Facebook live then. So we can enjoy this <laughs> moment together. Oh, oh the, the <laughs> tears that were shed. Uh, so yeah, so I was, I was staying with a with a buddy of mine. I needed to pay a rent. Um, it was slow going getting some of these small businesses signed up. I, I think I started off. I, I signed um, six small companies, a lumber mill, uh, a couple dentist office, a couple doctors offices. Uh, it, it's a bunch of stuff. And then um, I, I couldn't make ends meet there, so I ended up <laughs> working at Seven Eleven. Oh my uh, goodness! Yeah, well, so I was, I was going to actually ask. Do you feel like you see, do you think this is somewhat about work ethic? Because I think you've raised a great question about that. Do you, have you always been a multiple job person? Are you someone who likes to stay busy? Do you think that's part of it too? Just this drive of like, take on another thing, take on another thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, definitely blue collar family. So sure. I mean, uh, I, I always taken the, the tact and I guess still do that. Uh, I'm never too proud to, to take a job if it's going to pay the bills. So uh, I'd rather, I'd rather be working at the, at the Seven Eleven making coffee and, and pouring Slurpees than, uh, you know, sitting at home, not, not, not collecting a, a check to, to pay the bills that I need to pay. No, absolutely. Talk to us some more. So if you've got a, if you've made a, a career and a habit out of some of these, uh, side gigs as your career evolved, <clears throat> what did you, did you find yourself doing that sort of the odd job work still, or did you do things like 
blog or did you start to take things on um, more specifically because you could get a little extra money and a skill? Yeah. So, you know, it, it started off as this, this way of just making side money. Um, but as, as time went on, uh, I would find myself being asked to do this, this side work. Um, and, and people would come to me and say, Hey, I know you can do this. Could, can you help us out? Uh, and obviously you're spending time there. So you, you don't want to, you can't always make your time for free. Um, and, and that's something that I learned, uh, people definitely take advantage of you. If you, if you go in and say, sure, you got a friend that needs some it support. I'll go do that. Um, I, I think that's a great point actually. And, uh, how to draw the line between what's a quick look at somebody's computer and a four hour journey. We've all had a holiday support for the family. Yeah. And you gotta be careful too, right? I mean, because sometimes, um, what you're you're going to go off and do can can cause con- conflicts within uh, with your regular day job, right? I mean, like you can't you can't go out and say, "Hey, all right, I'm I'm going to go uh, during regular business hours at lunchtime, run down to this construction company and have a meeting with the owner to figure out how we fix their networking problem." Like sometimes that's frowned upon in this establishment, so you got to be careful. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. Has that, and in the past, have you? Did you run into trouble with that, with trying to manage things and either running into company policies or just realizing you could, like you said, you can only run so many businesses because there's only so many business hours. A couple times, I, I got my hand slapped. Either I was being too nice to a would-be competitor um, and and helping out a friend who worked for another company. I mean, I, I did a lot of government contracting, so mm-hmm. uh, there there's this the OCI or um, the official conflicts of interest uh, or perceived at least, but that's that's what they're listed as <laughs> within the contracting. I, I've helped people put together designs that I later found out were being bid against us. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. that one was bad. Um I I've uh I, I've just gotten smacked for you know spending hours like when everyone has done the on call thing. I, I was on call um and I was working another project and you know I, I had to switch gears, but I was trying to multitask at the same time. And they're like, you can't have two jobs and, and be on call. And it's like, oh well, you know, I could, it, it, but apparently not tonight. More more movie references, but it feels almost like this Ferris Bueller kind of like well-oiled machine where I can envision you've got, you know, the call pager and also like coding away, you know, and everything's kind of like lockstep worked out. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> and Matt, John, have you guys had any of these similar experiences in terms of uh, having a side gig, um, having to have a conflict with your 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 day job? Ooh, ooh I've got one. Um <laughs> going back into the way, way back machine. I mean, I have experienced that many people, I think, that get into technical blogging run into where uh, blogging is not always perceived as something that you should be doing unless it is stamped and approved by some PR or marketing firm that you're related to. Uh, I can think back to early on uh, in blogging career, um, getting in trouble with the engineering team I was on. I've talked in the past episode how I almost got fired for that uh, because I wanted to to actually talk about what I did, but in off hours. 
and help people want to adopt our software. Um, that didn't work out really well. Crazy. Uh, and then, and when I first think of the term moonlighting that we, we talked about, I think of, uh, the, my brief stint as a sales engineer where I was told by the VP of sales at the time that, um, whenever I talked about blogging or when he saw a new blog post come out, he'd like to remind me in the morning or for the next few days, how, uh, how's the moonlighting going? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, so it was so, said with a really like, that's not a good thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was never, never said directly, but it was a uh, stop doing that. Um, why don't you spend that time doing your, your real job? And there, there are definitely times where I, I made it really strong separation of church and state. And I would only write blog posts, um, out of hours on my personal blog. And it was still seen as like, well, you're at a startup. You should be spending that time, you know, working more. And, uh, that, that was a really interesting conflict to navigate. Mm. And John, did you ever get any of that? Because since, you know, your, your reputation, you're well known for sort of helping people throughout the community. Was that always seen as sort of in total contributing to your day job or was there ever concern about being on this podcast or doing anything else outside? No, no, not, not, not at, uh, at the VMware gig. I had it pretty good at that point. I mean, I was, that's one of the reasons I left VMware actually, if you think about it one way, people kept coming up to me and asking for help or how do we do what you do or how do we, could you help us advise us and how could we do what VMware did and, you know, my 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 real answer was getting a time machine and go back to 1999 and create a technology that will transform the IT industry. They never thought that was very funny, but you know. So, um, <laughs> but no, that's one reason I started Tech Reckoning is is because I kept people kept asking me for help and I didn't really feel like. I mean, I, I can talk about this stuff forever, right? I love to get on the phone and I mean, people call me up. Hey, right now, people call me up and I'll I'll chat with them for for an hour about their problems or their their issues or their motivations or, or trying to figure out how to tie together influencers and community and stuff. But um, it was never a conflict of interest at um, at the company. Oh, I mean, I do think, um, I mean, in grad school, I did a lot of side gigs, but, you know, it's grad school. That's barely a job, and you're, you're kind of expected to fart around a lot. So, um, <laughs> so I did pick up <laughs> consulting experience that way. I, I think technical people get sucked into it more because it is a specialized skill, and it's the kind of thing where, you know, it's that old joke about um, you go in and you you with the hammer and the nail and you, you nail you know you do one one hit and you fix everything. So I mean, hiring a really experienced a really experienced person can have an, an outsized impact, even you know if they come in one evening for an hour and, and do something. So I, I do think tech people get tagged with it uh, a lot more. Well, and I know there are a lot of people who do consulting gigs. So there are those uh, panels that people are part of or sort of offer, you know, it's almost like a freelance analyst gig. Um, how common do the three of you find that in the industry? Have you participated? It, I feel it's almost like a shadow thing that people who know, know each other. Um, like there's a decoder ring. Mm-hmm. I, I've been asked, I've, I've never actually done it. I've been asked. Um, and I know lots of people that do it. It's, it's, it's a nice, I mean, it, people may not know about it, right? If you get to a certain uh, set of uh, title or notoriety or whatever, uh, sometimes you do get pulled into these things. And the nice thing is it's um, often either, these are either people either doing market research or they're doing financial. They're kind of, in, they're, in, they're connected to investment. They're connected to money or investment banking or, or an analysis. And so there is some, you know, they, they pay you some money for your, advi- for your opinion and you don't even have to be right. 
So <laughs> it's a pretty sweet gig if you and, and you get to meet some people, which is also kind of cool. Yeah, I've been in public sector for the majority of my career, and uh, that's frowned upon for sure. I was like, going to say that's yeah, a big no. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't even start to play in that that realm. So uh, no, I haven't I haven't run into that, and I really haven't run into the the social media or or blogging issues that at as far as being perceived as uh, conflicts of interest. I've had them perceived as what the hell are you doing? I don't understand mm-hmm. what you're doing, but I've never had it perceived as a, uh, as conflict of interest. So I, so I had, I had a question like the, the, in the transition and maybe I'm, I'm not sure Amy, where you were pulling this discussion, but in this transition, as you go and do these side gigs, um, so they're not conflict of interest, but, but how, how, how do you feel like, Often, how often were they related to your job versus how much were they learning something new? Um, probably 80, 20, like it's probably, you probably end up finding if we're, if we're talking, so I kind of split these into two different groups. So there's the side gig where you're getting paid and, and someone wants to give you money to do something for them in, in that it, that's where the 80% comes from. That's, that's the, Hey, we're going to, we're going to give you this to do something that we know you can already do because you've got a proven skill or, or Jim Bob said that you know how to fix them computers. Um, the, the 20% is the ones you actively go after, you know, looking to gain a new skill that sits outside of, of work. And, and those are actually really cool. So you, you end up getting involved in, little side projects where uh, trying to, and how trying does to that pop it, up? Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, it, is it a community? Is it, it's something like you go to a hackathon? Is it like, how are these different? Um, or is it legitimate work, unpaid work or paid maybe where you go after it? So you've got the skill. Yeah. So it, it kind of comes up like you meet a couple people who are like minded and you come up with a really cool idea and it's like, Hey, let's see if we can build an app that does this. <laughs> or, you know, let's, let's, let's come up with a new kind of soap dispenser that has an IOT configuration. Like it's <laughs> stupid. Like, and you're like, at, it's, at the it's basically the, I, the IT version of, Hey, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, I've had so many commit messages on GitHub withhold my beer. <laughs> no, because Shower. I'm, and so I come up with these ideas, and then it's like, oh, we're going to do this. And it doesn't always work out, but, but it's fun. But it sort of drives you forward, because that way it gives you an opportunity. I, I like that concept, too. It's sort of, I'm a huge proponent of uh, that home lab kind of idea. And in our modern kind of code world, it, it is, how do you create projects that drive you forward and you have an interest in? I think it's it's kind of brilliant. Come up with a crazy idea and then hack at it, um, because you're likely to learn something on the way. And and yeah. I have to admit that I've never done moonlighting in the getting paid for something outside of whatever my day job is. Because for me, it, it's always been this striving to learn the new thing or the next thing I want to understand. So like, I actually had this situation once where um, my wife was asking me, why are, why are you working right now? Like we're it's after hours and you're hanging out and like, I'm not working. She's like, you're in the same apps you're in when you're working. I'm like, <laughs> but, but I'm not working. This is for fun. So I actually have this very thin line between work and play sometimes. Um, 
that can be a little confusing. Well, it's an interesting point we've brought up here before a bunch of times of we often find the people who are most successful and happiest in their careers in IT are really curious. So it's a it, to me, as I sit here and think about it, it's another way that curiosity manifests itself, you know, and, and I sort of appreciate Mike's entrepreneurial spirit and that he, as often as possible, it sounds like, looks to see can that be a... Um, a true moonlighting gig with pay attached to it um, because you're investing time. So uh, I don't know, setting a goal for yourself and going after it. I think an important thing that we haven't covered, but is essential here is the recognition that what you bring to the table adds value to others. So to learn that maybe it is time for you to spin up your, um, your phone calls into a consulting gig um, because you are an expert by the fact that you've been doing it and talking about it a lot. Um, oh, that concept when, that hobby turns into a legitimate thing because you acknowledge that it's truly a valuable thing. Yeah, yeah. As as curious, I think as much curiosity as we have, we also have as much uh, self-deprecation uh, in our industry where, where people assume, the best people I know assume that they're not that good at something, uh, even though uh, they're some of the top. Yeah, 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 exactly. So um, I just wanted to, to point out that I think it is important to recognize like when you are that go to person for so many people, maybe it is time to start making some money on that side gig if your day job allows for that. Yes, that's yes. That's so much. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> did you have I, a third I, opinion? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can tell you, like I there's been times where. I've gotten a call from someone that's like, oh, you know, my buddy who runs this accounting firm um, is having problems. They're trying to migrate. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, I'll I'll take a call. And then a call turns into a visit and a visit turns into, hey, w- w- we need you back here every couple of weeks. And it's like, oh, wait a second. This was for free. We're now talking about service <laughs> contracts. And I don't even do that anymore. So I'm not sure that's something that we can do. But I, that's honestly like that's kind of how how the the first business got started and and, and I've done a couple since you know I've I've built them up and then I've been like hey, I'm tired of doing that or I don't have time or whatever and and I've either sold off the customer list and the contracts to somebody else or I've just been like sorry I'm not doing this anymore it, it can smart. get like great. draw the draw the line somewhere and and move on and let it be well, and create another asset by selling off the list and <laughs> kind of selling the business, divest, and and go. I'm all about that side hustle, telling you. <laughs> John, I got I've got a question for you. Like, do you um what are your thoughts on the idea of somebody, you know, starting to say, uh, actually that's something I should get paid for? Uh, maybe not in those exact words. Oh, I'm I'm very much in favor of people getting paid. Um you know, the, because of Look, so so people, you do stuff. The the most important thing is forward motion. So you do stuff, um, and you do stuff in our our tech, highly technical, fairly well compensated industry. You do stuff that enhance, and then in turn, it usually enhances your day job. Like you start to blog, and that kind of becomes your online resume. And often, we've seen people very quickly uh, either get a better job or or you know get a promotion at their job because people can see that you're some sort of, you know, you're kind of a go-to person and, and you're learning and all that sort of stuff makes you better at what you're doing. Then vendors contact you 
Right. And so then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, what, what do I do then? And, uh, well, I'll just do this for 50 bucks or whatever. And unfortunately outside the technical industry, like writing and things like that are some of the most underpaid, uh, gigs because people, uh, they're, they're so many people want to do them. So writing, unfortunately writers and like audio engineers, um, you know, are, are super underpaid because uh, there's just there are a lot of people who are trained in it or who want to do it and would like to do it on the side and pick up some extra money. Um, technical writing, however, is super valuable. So um, I'm this is a long-winded answer of saying, yes, you should get paid. If, you, if a vendor contacts you and wants to use your blog post or wants to use your expertise in some way, um, you should get paid. Uh, that's for the writing. And then also, obviously, for the expertise, if you're actually going in and plugging wires or clicking on buttons, uh, you should also get paid if it's more than just you know you're, you're you're showing your buddy how to do a thing. Now I did have I do have one regret. So back in the day, this is kind of this, this is a little bit of a just so story and a little bit of a fictitious story. But um, there was a there was a large uh, 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 brokerage that was going to become uh, that was a telephone brokerage in Omaha, and uh, this web thing had come up, and my buddy went to work for them because uh, uh, our college buddy's parents owned it, and they were like. Troyer, man, you know all about this web stuff, right? Because it's 1994 or whatever, right? And you have a website. And I, you know, you're the only person I know with a website. I want this job at this company. Or I've got, I got the job at the company and I'm in charge of this internet stuff. And I don't know anything about it. Come out and help me. So <laughs> we, uh, I, yeah, I think I got on the phone or maybe he flew out to Chicago or something. I, I showed him what a website was, what HTML was. You know, it was all real basic stuff, you know. And then um, he went back and was like, awesome, I got it. I'll, I'll go. Did that as a favor. Uh, you know, that company was, of course, Ameritrade. And, um, oh my you know, those people wow. are all billionaires wow. now. And, 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 and I was in grad school earning $13,000 a year. So, um, <laughs> you know, so there are times when you give your expertise for friendship and love and you get nothing in return. And <laughs> next time, just ask for a couple of stock options. <laughs> just a couple. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Here's and I can earn the Cubs question. too. Yeah. So, and I can imagine, so folks that work for, and I know there's all sorts of kind of rules here in terms of uh, if you work for a partner of our, um, or, you know, a really big vendor, uh, what do you do when people say, hey, that is actually distracting you? Um, you're giving away intellectual property. Where do you think the line is? We've talked about it a little bit when we have gotten in trouble. Where do we all sort of think that slider bar goes? We are not giving the company your all. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely, I did, I, I have had to have conversations with people. So uh, let's just keep it super abstract. And uh, and again, I'm going to use blogging as an example, but, but you know, I think it's much, the more common one probably is, is actually doing technical work for somebody. But um, if your job is to blog for somebody and, and that's your employer and that's part of your responsibilities, you owe your energy and you owe your time and you owe your attention to your employer at least for the for the for the 40 times you know alpha uh uh percent you know that that you agreed to right you you they don't own your time out of work but but boy during work you owe them your primary vital energy um for this kind of gigs that we have right for these professional gigs if you have your own thing, like your own, maybe it's a side company, if you're in Silicon Valley, or maybe it's a side blog, if you're uh, like an IT pro, and you are putting your main energy and your best content and your goodest stuff, goodest stuff, it's a new, it's a new, it's a new thing, 
into that side project, you have shortchanged your employer. And I've had, I, I, I have heard of, and uh, those kind of conversations have had to be, have had to have been had by people, right? Because that's not fair. I think John nailed it with the, you got to give your best when you have it. And Mike's story of, you know, you know, taking the time to get better at what your day job is, at least during your day job hours during quiet time. Uh, it's something that, um, honestly, I might go kick my old self in the ass and tell him to do that. Um, <laughs> but also, um, back to the story of the blogging as moonlighting, I could have been clear. Um, I realize now that there's a way to clarify what that role is and how to show that there are separation of of that from day job, from that from nighttime hobby uh, that I'd put in place and open offer. If anyone's curious how to have that conversation, happy to coach you through it. The how not to be fired. <laughs> yeah. I've done surprisingly well on that front. <laughs> well, we always like to close with our very favorite question, Mike. So we tend to be very positive here, but uh, we always have to know from our guests, in terms of moonlighting, in terms of things you've done, what is one thing you would counsel someone to never, ever, ever do again? Learn from you. What would it be? Yeah, so I kind of knew this was coming, fortunately. <laughs> I, I, I listened to the show, so I somewhat planned. <laughs> so don't take side work that's not going to be beneficial to you in some way. Whether whether it's just helping somebody out like personally or, or you're actually going to get paid for it, I've, I've taken side work that's gone really negative and I knew up front, I just had a bad feeling about it. And then in the end, like I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even feel good about the fact that I had finished a project for someone. I, I just, it, it was, you know, that gut feeling where you, yeah. someone says, Hey, I'd like you to do something for me. And you, you start having that conversation. And I'm not talking like dealing drugs or anything. It was, it was actually <laughs> And then it got really, really bad, like legal type bad. And I was like, oh, man, I if I would have just listened to myself up front and I knew this was a bad situation, I knew that uh, these folks weren't uh, up front. And I, I knew that it wasn't going to be something that I was going to be able to go and, and show someone later as part of a portfolio just because of everything that was being talked about in the first meeting. And, and I was I've seen other times where I was interviewing someone or I've had conversations with friends and it's like, Hey, what have you done in this, this time where, you know, you were in a job and you're looking for the next job? Um, what, what have you done to kind of better yourself? And they're like, Oh, nothing. So I love, I love this basic concept. We forget so often to both trust ourselves and really set some goals out and, and evaluate a project uh, to say, am I going to get paid? Am I going to feel good about it? I love your point about, could this be a portfolio piece? Is this something I'm going to be proud of? Because nothing's worse than having to push something over the finish line that it, it, nobody feels good about. So, and it does take your energy away from something else you could have done. So I think that's really spot on. Maybe the short version is trust your gut as you get into side projects. I was going to say, I'm surprised that Amy didn't mention that gut uh, feeling once there because she's such a gut-based marketer at heart. <laughs> I am. It's some things can't be measured, Matt. I didn't uh, know if you knew that. <laughs> the best My gut hurts all be, of a sudden. The wow. best things can't be measured. That's the thing. <laughs> well, and and that uh, that 
side work in some ways also could potentially leave you vulnerable. I think that's actually kind of a side point um, to Mike's story there of uh, you're maybe you've got a contract, maybe you don't, maybe it's a favor, just be smart about it, but it can, it can take you somewhere you don't want to go. So be smart about it. Yeah. So Mike, we so appreciate you coming and, and shedding, shedding some, how will we say shedding some moonlight on this subject? I think it's a. Uh, <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I think it's 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 fascinating to me that this is so prevalent in in our industry, and and I do wonder how many other people are talking about it. So I'm I'm looking forward to some people sending us DMs or responding to us online. Uh, if people want to follow up with you and ask you questions, where can they find you? Sure, uh, on Twitter at Mike underscore Colson. It's probably the best way to get me. Excellent. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out uh, tonight, actually. We're all late late here on the East Coast when we're recording. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a bucket list item for me, so I'm, I'm happy to be on. Well, we will. We hope you don't feel like we threw buckets at you. We try to be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bucket full of fun. <laughs> so thanks, thanks again, listeners, for taking the time to spend the time with us. And we do hope you'll tell us about your own moonlighting experiences. We're looking forward to hearing uh, if you can't resist the pull of that extra job. Until next time, this is the Geek Whispers. Over and out. You've been listening to the Geek Whispers podcast. Tune in on iTunes or Stitcher for regular stories of technology careers, cultures, and lives. Share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website, geek-whispers.com. Find us on Twitter at geek underscore whispers or at jtroyer, mjbrender, and comms ninja. Thanks for listening and see you next time.